So if EverQuest Next got canceled, does that mean it's EverQuest Nah now? Well, I guess that's what we're going to explore today, along with the MMO light genre and its current uprising right after the woo. Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, I just want to throw this out there to you before we get started. It feels a little weird being in front of my microphone again. Uh, we've been doing this thing last week, Patrick and myself, where we've been getting the website projects up in check, including some other websites that we're involved with, where at the end of that, I decided, hey, maybe I should throw out my previous show notes and kind of get a fresh start again. Uh, it was very cathartic, to say the least. Uh, for those of you who write in asking how I do this show, um, well, I have a treat for you. It's actually a series of multicolored post-it notes, which I put on a whiteboard in my home office. It sounds silly, but it totally works for me. So let me discuss to you how that works. Orange is generally my main topic, uh, with yellow as uh, kind of like spread off talking points that I want to mention. Sometimes I get rid of them. And then I have pink ones because I'm super progressive like that. The pink ones are very crucial to me as I use these, uh, mainly since I do the show by myself, to have an objective look at my talking points as if I had an editor looking at me. So they're basically like notes like maybe you shouldn't say this because it would be super offensive to someone out there or you know maybe you shouldn't mention PC gaming so much or something like that. But if you think my color-coded system is crazy you should see my spreadsheets at work. Uh, I use obnoxious colors uh, sometimes purposefully to hurt the eyes of those that view them because you know if you're going to do something why not have fun doing it. Uh, today isn't about these Wonderful colors in the world, though. It's not a crayon box. Uh, as you'll know, I've been waiting for a very long time for EverQuest Next to the point where it was constantly a question on my old show, Warlock School. Either Patrick or myself would ask, is EverQuest Next out yet? Which would lead people into Twitter asking us if we had heard any news on it. Which, of course, we did not because we are not very involved with game development companies. In fact, I don't even think a lot of people listen to our old show. Um, so anyway... Uh, we didn't even get solid development updates. It was more just news on their world building game Landmark. World birding? That would be interesting. Uh, if you're not familiar with Landmark, it was kind of what uh, SOE and then Daybreak uh, was going to use to add buildings and structures into the world, or at least that was the entire premise, which on its own was a very interesting endeavor and Sadly, I never actually played it because I'm not huge into games like Minecraft, really. That's more my son's wheelhouse. What I really was hoping for was this return to Norath because I really wanted to explore that world again with an updated graphics engine and maybe even new systems that were being designed. But we found out in March, and I don't remember when. It was either the 11th or the 21st that development was ceasing on EQ Next when Daybreak Studios, Russell Shanks, saying the game they were building wasn't fun. Uh, which is super disheartening for me, and there's really no other way to put that. Uh, when I started reading some random conspiracy theories, and there's a ton of them on the internet every day, about why people thought the game was canceled, I stumbled across a few articles where Shanks was quoted as uh, saying to MMORPG.com, for those of you who aren't familiar with that website, it's uh, basically the one site that does nothing but MMORPGs, as you can imagine. And it's uh, the last vestige of soul news uh, relating to that. Um, but the quote was, I believe the magic of MMORPGs and MMOs in general has not been diminished. In fact, games like Destiny incorporate many of the compelling elements of classic MMOs, which expose them to a new generation of gamers. 
I kind of rolled my eyes really hard when I read this and, you know, they went back to my brain, I think, but it wasn't because of what he had necessarily said, but how it was said, at least in the quote, I read it a lot differently than most people would have. I feel that this quote is basically saying that Destiny has become the new middle ground for MMOs. And if you listen along to the other shows on NinjaPancake.com, you'll realize that most of us did have a stint playing Destiny for a very long period of time. Now, granted, it wasn't like MMO hours. I mean, some people did have 2,000 plus hours into that game. But, you know, there's a theme where a lot of us like to compare and contrast because Destiny is the standard right now. And it's crazy to think about it like that. And this isn't a bad thing, uh, but this new phase of the MMO reimagined in a lighter format is really what is going to redefine the genre as a whole. And I'm not sure how I can really rationalize this without going into some of my background with MMORPGs a little more in depth. Uh, For this point, I'll be using my time spent in the original EverQuest, uh, which was roughly, I think, from late 99 to 2001, possibly early 2002. I don't remember when I stopped playing exactly, but a a lot of Destiny players have often complained about a grind, Um, you know, whether it be for mats, items, whatever have you. Uh, I played a Shadow Knight in EverQuest, and I was a Dark Elf for my race, which basically means that every NPC in this game hated me, which was awesome, and it made the game a lot harder. But I want to talk about my epic weapon, uh, which essentially was a sword with glowing skulls floating off the hilt. That's right, folks. Glowing skulls on the hilt. It's awesome. Um, So I had to turn in bone chips during one phase in order to go into a town where I was kill on sight. Sometimes I could buy these on the cheap from other players, and other times I couldn't, as they are also used for regions for necromancers to summon their skeleton pets, and... Prices would sometimes fluctuate. It's like any market in any video game. Uh, Other times, I had to kill a large amount of skeletons in order to get them myself, and skeletons were generally found in most low-level zones, so it was easy enough to farm them. It was just a matter of taking the time to do so. I could have always gone to a zone where there was a high density of skeletons, but one specific zone that had these, I didn't want to ruin my faction standing in with this area, as sometimes I just kind of liked hanging out there, and Dark Elves were, uh, I believe, amiable or neutral, but anyway, it was a really cool zone with vampires, and they were all Dark Elves, of course, because why not? Uh, You're probably wondering, though, what I mean by faction standing at this point. Uh, which means you're either new to MMOs or maybe even pen and paper games or RPGs in general. Um, It's also possible I'm using this as a device to make my point further. Try and figure out which. But seriously, though, why not both in this case? Uh, EverQuest did this thing really, really well where they had each area, town, group of enemies, NPCs that have their own faction groups. Sometimes there were factions on top of these factions, which is probably really confusing. Um, In the end, though, you kind of had to experience for yourself, as I might not be describing it uh, as eloquently as possible. But here is the best way I can explain it. You see a, let's say, a mean dog on the street who happens to snarl at you. You're probably an enemy to this dog, and you stay away from it. If you happen to toss this dog a biscuit, though he'll be less leery of you, in theory, anyway. 
a faction kind of worked like that. Sometimes killing a faction's enemy would give you points with the one you're trying to get your standings up with. This, unfortunately, was a big part of the game, and for me, I had to kill these dragon men to get faction up with lizard men so I could go into their town and complete the quest. So what was the farming bone chips thing about? Well, it was about gaining more faction with this group, and it was very seemingly endless at this point. Uh, did I mention I had to use one of my spells, which was called Feign Death, where I basically pretend like I'm dead uh, to cheat the system to turn in uh, the bone chips to these guards so they wouldn't kill me on site? I would basically run up to the guard, I would feign death, and then trade with him, which was kind of funny because it was completely a loophole that I had no idea about until I tried it. So when I hear people telling me that they wish Destiny wasn't very grindy, I, I kind of laugh to myself, unless it's a face-to-face -face conversation. And then I laugh on the inside, which is arguably the best kind of laughter. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. It, it's not even me mocking someone, but it's always funny to hear someone whose first deeper than normal gaming experience is a little jaded in their eyes because they have to go around collecting things. I'm also not saying I had it worse. I'm just gently implying such. When it comes to EverQuest, it's a big part of how I rationalize other games because I spent so much time playing it back in the day. And if you listen to this week's Loot Shoot Lane, uh, my buddy Maddie does a wonderful comparison about games to Vanilla WoW, which is just fantastic because, you know, that was where he really got involved with MMOs. So I think looking on my time now, uh, I'm actually thankful that a lot of these games coming out don't have that kind of depth. And yes, while EverQuest Next may be canceled, but think real quick about what these MMO lights like Destiny or even The Division are doing for the genre, why they don't have this, or I'm sorry, while they don't have a, a depth that could keep a player like myself enthralled for a long period of time, it's introducing people that have never played an MMO before to the genre as a whole. At the time, they just don't realize they're playing an MMO. Hell, the developers of these games try not to call them MMOs and come up with their own insane new mixed genre names. It's like dubstep genres, like different subdivisions. It's crazy, but in the end, it's like giving yourself a nickname. It won't stick because you gave it to yourself. And just let that one sit in for a second. And while you are... All right, I think you're about good. So the MMO light genre, and I mean despite how I rationalize its existence, is going to be here for a long time. It's You won't see it halt anytime soon because it's expanded, <clears throat> and it's expanded past, like needing a decent PC to run this game. Like, they're doing it on consoles now. It's not like the old years where, you know, you wanted to play an MMO, you better have a PC that can run it. And there's also this ease of learning in them, which is also commendable. I mean, this is what's getting people hooked. I spent a lot... Uh, a lot of less time maxing out my Destiny level than I ever did in EverQuest. It, it took maybe a number of hours instead of a series of days. So if they cancel the EverQuest next, what's going to happen with the next iteration of the world of Norath and EverQuest? I have a feeling since members of Daybreak were quoted saying that they enjoyed Destiny, you're going to see a Norath adventure similar to an MMO light. It won't be this giant oiled machine like its original version with all these shining gears and layers that a lot of players won't be able to discover without a guide. Uh, I kind of have a feeling that it will be more accessible and 
I doubt at this point that there will even be a subscription. I think the world is starting to get away from that due in part heavily to microtransactions working out so well for some developers. I mean, if you look at the old Republic and Star Wars, I mean, the free-to-play model saved that game or at least made it more accessible to players that wouldn't have normally tried it. Now, if you were here solely for a rant from a large ginger, allow me to give you that as well. If you're going to continue building a living world, do not screw over your player base. Use demographic groups. Find out what your players actually want, but don't cater them exactly. Learn. Learn from what these other developers have gone through, but don't give them everything they want. Be reasonable. Reasonable is important. People aren't going to stop playing your game because they're mad about something. I mean, look at all the changes that happen in Destiny. People are still playing that game no matter what. The only thing that will stop people from coming back is a lack of content. Sometimes I would really love to play games like Destiny again, but there isn't much for me to do anymore. Even with the April update, nothing looks interesting. And that is my rant. And I hope that Daybreak, if someone hears that, says, wow, maybe we should kind of do that because it could be important for the future of our game. I mean, I don't even know about EverQuest 1 and 2's subscription base anymore, if it even does exist or how many people buy items. It's just... It's important that you don't cater exactly to your player base, but you know you take their ideas and you make it into something you want because it's your game. But I, I'm like really out of coffee at this point, and my stories are starting to blend together. So I think this is a good place to stop today. Um, I am sorry for a few stutters I may have had. It's been a while since I've had to do one of these, but if you enjoy podcasts like the one you're currently listening to, geez, you're just so lucky, aren't you? Um, I'm a part of the Ninja Pancake Network of Podcasts. You can listen to any of our other shows, like Bobshell Jackets, where two friends discuss fashion. I mean, kittens. I mean, cook- uh, no, I'm sorry. They talk about The Division. And The Division just happens to be an MMO light. It's probably why I'm plugging it at the end of this show. Um, if you like this show, though, feel free to leave it a review on wherever you happen to fetch your podcast from. It helps other listeners like you find the show and maybe talk about it. If you need to reach me or you have questions to send the show uh yeah we have a mail for that too it's mmc as in my morning coffee at ninjapancake.com and sometimes if you're lucky i'm also lost and found on twitter at rampancy have a good morning and we will talk soon goodbye Uh